You are listening to the Live Diet Free Podcast. I'm your host, Esther Avant, personal trainer, sports nutritionist, and weight loss coach. I'm here to help you lose weight for the last time without sacrificing your quality of life to do it. So pop your headphones in, go for a walk, and learn how to become the healthiest, happiest, and most confident version of yourself. Welcome to today's episode. I'm really excited to have Vanessa with us, and she's one of our other co-coaches. She is a pelvic floor physiotherapist and women's health coach, and is an incredible asset to all of our clients, and I'm really excited for her to share some of her expertise with all of you today. So before we get into the actual topic of today, which is how to make time for yourself and your self-care and your health as a busy working mom. Once, uh, once, once we get to know you a little bit better, we'll jump into that. But just give us a little bit of an introduction of kind of who you are, about your family and that sort of thing. Yeah, sure. So I usually like to say I I feel like time is a really good topic for me to talk about because um, when you when someone kind of just gives you the information about what to do with time and how to make more time, you're like, okay, but like you probably have a lot of you probably have a lot of space in your in your day. So I always introduce by saying, um, so my name is Vanessa. <laughs> I work as a as a public floor physiotherapist as, and a women's health coach. So that means that I actually run two businesses and I have four small kids. So that's five years old and and under which includes my eight-month-old twins at the time that we're recording this. So to say that time is on my side um, would be a no. (laughs) Like I have to work to really think about how to create that time for myself. Um, And so that's why I really like to talk about time because it simply is something that I've had to learn how to do over, over the years. It's not something that's really come to me naturally, but something that I, again, had to work hard on. And I think it's something that everybody can also create for themselves as well. And I also like to say, just don't think that it's sort of um, like I'm a, I'm a diamond in the rough in terms of how I've created time for myself, that that's sort of naturally like what came to me, because it wasn't like when I had my first, my daughter, I struggled really hard to find time. And I felt overwhelmed a, a, a lot of the time. I felt like there was nothing that I could really fit into my day. Everything felt like a really big challenge. So don't feel that that is you and that you can't kind of pull yourself out of it. So that's really me in a nutshell. I spent many hours studying different things, right, to get my physio degree. So I know what it's like to sort of balance a whole bunch of stuff in a day, in a week, in a month, and all that that sort of crazy things. <laughs> that's awesome. I'll, I'll have you share your social media links when we wrap up. But if you guys start following Vanessa, you'll see that she really practices what she preaches. And I think it's so cool. I, I have a, a two-year-old and there's only one of him. And I feel like I'm short on time. So it's really inspiring to see someone like Vanessa who, you know, doesn't pretend to have it all together all the time, but always shows the, you know, the truth that, yeah, sometimes it's crazy. Sometimes I feel like I'm pulling my hair out, but I still get done when I need to. I still prioritize the things that are important. And I think for, for anybody listening who maybe has kids, has a job, and just feels like other people have it easier, Vanessa's a great person to follow and remind yourself that that's not true. She's looking at you <laughs> thinking you have it easier. Um, so on that note, let's start with some advice that you would give to other moms who maybe right now are struggling to make themselves a priority? That is a good question because I do feel like that's something that comes up a lot with the clients that we work with in particular. Um, I do want to highlight there is something that you 
all that your clients always tell me. And I'm like, this is great. This is what Esther says all her clients, which is learning to live in that messy middle. And I was like, that's perfect. That's exactly what we talk about with time too. Like there is no, there is no perfect day. There is nothing. There's no day where everything just seems to align in terms of get, accomplishing everything that you said you would do. And that's okay. We just have to be, learn to plan and use time management techniques, but also adapt to the fact that it's not always going to work out the way that we think it will. So I wanted to highlight that for someone to be like, that is something we have to learn to really accept is really accepting imperfection and that being perfect in in and of itself. So one of the things I really think in terms of making yourself a priority, I really like to think about two very different days. So think about the days where you feel like you pour your heart into everybody else, into your work, into helping your kids with their homework, um, into taking care of babies, into taking care of the needs of a significant other, parents, whatever it is. And think about how you feel at the end of the day. And most of the time, I'm going to guarantee (laughs) that you feel tired and burnt out and you really don't feel like doing anything else. And then I want you to think about the very opposite day. Think about the days when you've had a girls get together, you've had something where you've done more things for yourself, whether that's enjoying reading or whether it's enjoying just sitting in quiet or watching your favorite show and binging it for a little while. And think about how that makes you feel at the end of the day. Chances are that actually makes you feel really good. Like you feel like you have more energy. You feel like you can do more things by the end of the day. So that's prioritization. That's, that's making yourself a priority. So thinking about the fact that when you actually prioritize yourself, not only do you feel good, you end up being more productive. You have more balanced days. You feel like you are a better a wife, a mom, a coworker, um, a friend. Everything overall just seems to kind of fall into your lap versus the days where you try to do the other things to make those things happen. One of the analogies that I always love, and I don't remember who did this, <laughs> I wish I could tell you exactly who it was, but I'll tell you what it is. So I want you to think about like, if you're trying to, if you're a cup and you're trying to fill up all the cups that are around you, right? The cup that is your children, the cup that is your significant other, the cup that is your parents, your work, everything else. And you're trying to fill it up from your cup. That water is eventually going to run out and there's nothing left for you. So how is that going to make you feel? And then you want to think about uh, a vase in the middle of surrounded by cups all around it. Again, those cups are the same thing, right? Like your friends, your children, your spouse, everything. And now you want to think about a tap just pouring into that vase. And as that vase gets more full, it tends to spill over and fill up the cups around it. So that's what making yourself a priority actually does you fill up your own cup which then just spills over to everything else so that's really it's always backwards when you're trying to get out of that mindset of of having to do all the things before you take care of yourself but if you think about filling up your yourself filling up that vase all the good things are going to spill out to everybody else anyway and it might be a challenging thing to sort of turn turn your thought process around or turn like your train is going hard in one direction, now you got to redirect it. It's going to be hard to start, but in the end, you're going to see the benefits of actually making yourself a priority. So that's usually what I like to talk about when, it, when, it, when we talk about prioritizing ourselves is how good it's going to make you feel and how good it's going to do for those around you. I love that. Those are great visuals. And I think sometimes, you know, putting your own oxygen mask on first, can't pour for an empty cup. I feel like sometimes those things become cliche and we don't think about just how true they are. Like they've become cliche for a reason. And it's so important. I think 
Something I often think about is how protective we are over our cell phone batteries. And <laughs> when we see those starting to deplete, we're like scrambling to plug it in and find the nearest charger. And yet we let our own batteries be in, you know, flashing red 2% for mm-hmm. far too long. And I think when you make the connections, like you just said, where you realize that everything else you do is going to be easier and feel better and you'll be more successful at it when you, when you charge yourself a little bit, um, can be such a powerful realization. So on that note, let's talk a little bit about your time management tips. Cause something that I, I really like following you on social media. I love your uh, Instagram stories. And I think you do a great job sharing, you know, the, the good, the bad, the ugly, And what's so inspiring is that you really do seem to, what it looks like to an outsider is just like make time for you, create time for the things that are important. But I'm sure there's a a method to how you get that done consistently. So what do you do? How, How is it that you somehow get healthy meals on the table for your family that you make time to exercise, that you're still serving your clients, what can you teach our listeners about how you do it and how that could benefit them as well? Yeah, awesome. I'll share with you my, my top tips in terms of time management. Um, and it really starts with nothing necessary that you do, but how you think. And I always start here. The rest of my tips are sort of like take them as they fit into your lifestyle or what really works for you and try them out. The first tip is something that I feel like is universal. Everyone must do this in order to better manage time. And this really has to do with reframing your perception of time. Because most of the time we run around and we go, I wish I had more time for this. Or there's just not enough time to do it. Like I'm running out of time. How do you do this? It's just a lot of negative talk about how time seems to be something that we're never catching up with. Time has control over us. And therefore, we're just a victim to time. We can't control it at all. So how can I find the time, right? We want to really take that um, thought process and, and reframe it to sort of be like, how can I make the time? How can I create this time? Because it's there. It's just how you choose to use it. And by changing our perception or the words that we use around time, we really start to change our our thought process, our brain, like our, our neurology, right? In terms of like, how can we, how can we better prime ourselves to look for those pockets of times or how to rethink about things so that we're prioritizing it differently. And that's a, really the first step is just catching yourself and how, how you use time, right? How is, does it always feel like you're catching up to something or trying to find the time when it's not there? Does it feel like time is just running away from you versus feeling like you have you're in control and you're in charge of that. That's first step is just noticing the words that you use, noticing how you think about it and just really changing it towards thinking about more having control of it because you do like you, you may not think about it or you may not realize it, but you choose what you do every single time of the day. The more you feel like things happen to, to you and you have no control of it, you're never really going to feel like you can change that. But you choose when to eat, you choose when to do different things, you choose when you go to work. It might feel like it's something that's done for you, but it's still a choice. I mean, you really could not show up to work. You could show up late all the time. There'd be consequences to that, but it's still a choice, right? So that's my first, like, you must do this when it comes to tackling time and really using any type of time management techniques. One of the tips that I use with a lot of people is um, things that we don't necessarily like doing, we feel like takes up 
a ton of time. I always like to use the example of laundry because if you can imagine in my household, there are six people and there are little people who go through a lot of laundry. So laundry is one of those things on my list that feels like it takes hours to do. It feels like when you think about doing a really big chore, it feels like it's going to take the whole day. When in reality, it doesn't, right? It happens in a period of time. So taking that one chore, for example, laundry, and literally timing yourself. So when you start to do it, put the timer on, see how long it realistically takes you. Because sometimes what we think in our mind is like two hours of work is actually like 20 minutes or 30 minutes. So the more you think about like, oh, it's only 20 minutes of my time to do this. I hate doing it, but it's only 20 minutes. Chances are you're actually going to go out and do it. So that's my first tip is time yourself. Just time yourself with the things that you hate doing. How long is it actually taking you to do it? My second tip is bite-sizing a task. So again, we always think that something uh, like a big project needs to be done in one sitting, when in reality, a lot of things can be broken down. So I'll give you a couple of of examples because this is where most people struggle is like creating meals um, or working out right? We never have enough time to do those things. But if we think about like, I have to make meals for the span of the week, and I have to think about all the groceries and cooking everything, it feels like a really, really big project to do. So you never really take the steps to do it. When really, you can break it down to sort of say, Monday night, I'll pick Monday and Tuesday's dinner for the following week. Tuesday, I pick Wednesday, Thursdays, right? Like you can bite size it down, break it down to sort of say, okay, let me pick meals first, take 20 minutes, half an hour to do that. And then either in the same day or another day, make a grocery list from there. And then again, on the same day or another day, do the grocery shopping and break down like what are the actual tasks that you need to do to make a meal for the rest of the week, right? And then choosing where those pockets of time actually fit in your day. Because again, when we think about something being so large and massive to tackle, we put a lot of barriers to actually getting it done. When we think of things being like five minutes, 10 minutes, they seem much more manageable. So that's when we're actually going to do it. The other example I use is like workouts. So chances are, when you go to do a workout, you have to have the space for it, you have to have the equipment ready, you have to get yourself ready, you have to get there. Um, Sometimes there's setup involved, like whether you have videos to watch on a laptop or a phone or music, and all those little things add up to time. So although you don't think about how much time all those little things take to get a workout in, there's some part of you that thinks about how the whole process of getting ready to do a workout seems daunting. So if you break it down, so let me say at nighttime, I'm going to get my workout space ready so everything is set up. So I just have to get myself dressed and get down there. A second popular thing is putting your workout clothes out, right? Not having to choose and pick through all your clothes and go through the laundry basket to find something that you're able to wear. Setting yourself up the night before, the afternoon before, so that you don't have to do this whole process in one shot. So that's probably one of my favorite ones is the bite-sizing the task, because I feel like everybody has pockets of time. We just don't realize it, right? Or we use it to do something else, and really we could just switch it. So third tip is multitasking. And I say this with a caveat of we need to learn how to not multitask difficult things because we're so used to sort of having our brain switch from back and forth between things when that's really not productive. We don't do things well when we're switching back and forth between tasks. Multitasking with movement is usually what I like to do. 
So that means you're accomplishing a task that takes some thinking along with accomplishing a movement task, right? Like getting your steps in, hopping on the bike. Um, sometimes you can even do a little bit of a workout while you're helping uh, a kid do homework or while you're doing some other task, right? Like even if you think about doing the dishes and part of your workout routine includes doing some reverse lunges, then can you do some dishes and then pop out some reverse lunges while you're doing it, right? So it's, it's multitasking with a purpose and not something that's going to take away from your productivity. So this one I always think feels, it takes a little bit of looking at your day. It's not something that necessarily comes intuitively to everybody immediately, but it's sort of thinking about where are the things that are menial tasks that you can add something else onto. So usually even with self-care things, you can do it with menial tasks. So again, washing the dishes, putting away laundry or folding stuff. Can you put on an audiobook? Can you put on um, something that's, that's beneficial in you, like a, a training, um, audio training? Can you put on a podcast? Can you do anything else that you're kind of listening to and, and tuning in while you do something that's just involving movement, right? Like just washing the dishes doesn't necessarily take a lot of thought process, right? So you can attach it onto something that does take some more thought process. Okay, so multitasking with a purpose, multitasking with movement. The fourth and final tip that I have for you is really take a look at where you're spending your time on. This is my social media discussion. <laughs> I'll leave it short because it really is just where are you spending your time? And I will say most people are a little bit hesitant to look on their phone, where they spend their time, and how much time is actually spent on your phone. And I highly recommend just looking at it without judgment, right? We all want to look at it and, and immediately judge ourselves for spending X amount of time on Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or checking emails or anything like that. Like just assessing where your time goes and how could it be potentially used better. And in some cases, you might say, no that actually, like, I do need to make my time to do X, Y, Z. And in some cases, you might say, I don't really want to do these things. Or how can I attach it on to another activity that I need to do? How could I check emails and go for a walk or something like that? Right? And how can you better use those pockets of time things, those quote unquote time wasters in a different way? Now, social media can be really a, a draining one. <laughs> it's sometimes shocking to sort of see how much time you actually spend there. And again, it's just to look at it without judgment and just looking at it as data and how can you better use that if you would like to. Those are really my top tips that I feel like help people at least start out and see where they can use their time. Those are so good. Um, I was like frantically taking notes. Every single one of them was like such a gold nugget. I had a couple things that came up for me as you were saying them. Um, a couple things that have helped me. I'm not sure if you can hear my son yelling in the background, but <laughs> I can, but sometimes I assume it's my own children. So <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing it's, you know, as I've become a mother and been working at home in a pandemic, like a lot of you, I've had to become a lot more aware of how I'm spending my time too. And something that you just said, Vanessa, about really jumping on those windows that you do have has been really helpful for me. We have a Peloton and I will often have, you know, a, a 20 or 30 minute break between calls or between tasks. And in the past, I would kind of think about exercising for long <laughs> enough that then I had squandered too much of the time and it was no longer a possibility. 
And I've gotten much better at being like, okay, the second I have the chance, I'm getting it done and I'm not, um, I'm, I'm not wasting that, that pocket of time. Another one that I picked up in um, a book I read years ago, a Gretchen Rubin book, is about tasks that are going to take, I think it's like under five minutes or something like that, mm-hmm. that you just do them right away. And I noticed that that's a huge help for me where if I, if I don't do things right away, they're like mentally building up in my head. And then I have this like just list of all the things that I feel like are bogging me down. Like, oh, I have to check the mail. I have to take out the chicken for dinner. I have to pick up the living room. I have to put away the laundry, things like that. I've, I've learned that if I just do them the second I think about it over Christmas, when an Amazon package would arrive, I would take it out of the box. I would break the box down. I would wrap it and I would put it away. And just not having that in the back of my mind as a thing that had to get done helped a ton. Yeah. Yeah, actually, we had a conversation recently with like a client of yours about how it really is a change in productivity when you don't have to constantly have your um, like that task that you're really dreading also just like thinking like, oh, I still have to make it that done. It's so it decreases your productivity in terms of doing everything else because you're just constantly there's brain power going to that thing that you're not actually even doing, but you're worried about doing. So it really is just just get those things that bother you out of the way. That's such a good one. I think when you were talking about, you know, kind of breaking tasks down, that's exactly what I was thinking about is a lot of times we have resistance to a certain part of a process, but not the actual thing itself. So I see this a lot in resistance to working out. Pretty much everybody I've worked with likes the way they feel after they exercise. It's not the the exercise itself so much that you're dreading. It's usually, like you were saying, that you've kind of made it out to be this big Mm to-do. It's so helpful when you can pinpoint, what exactly am I dreading about this? Is it that I, actually today I had to go to the dentist and I wanted to do uh, a ride when I got back. And I was like, all right, I know that if I put on a real bra, it's going to deter me later because I'm going to be like, Ugh, now I got to change my bra. It's going to feel like a whole thing. So I put on my sports bra and a shirt and it was fine. Then I could, I could come home and get right back into my gym clothes and get it done. So I think it's a great exercise to actually start diving into what's, what's the hang up here? Like, why am I making such a big deal out of this? And like you said, when you break it down into those small chunks, you're like, oh, well, that's not that big a deal. I guess I can do that and get over the hump. And with a lot of things, I know, um, I think Meg, who is in episode two, she mentioned this once in an uh, Instagram story that a lot of times we spend longer dreading and procrastinating a thing than it would have taken to just do the thing. And I felt like that was such a light bulb moment for me of like, yeah, how about instead of wasting that time dreading it, you just do it and then it's done and you have that bandwidth back. Exactly. And you've got to think about like how much power again is going to that. Your brain is just constantly thinking about that in the background and the emotional investment in that too. Exactly. And the last thing that I was noting is I love when there are parallels between, you know, lifestyle stuff, time management and nutrition and the, and the things that we work on with, with our weight loss clients. And one that came up was when you were talking about just kind of auditing where your time is going and being accountable to yourself of like, Oh, interesting. So I spent three hours on Facebook today. Good to know. (laughs) And to do it without judgment. And that's exactly how we look at food journals is I'm adamant that we use this as a tool, not as like the end all be all, but you, 
you need to collect the data. You need to know kind of what the facts are right now. What have you been doing? And once you have that information, like you said, it's not to, to guilt yourself or to, to shame yourself about it, but instead to say, okay, now that I'm aware, do I want to continue acting the same or do I want to make a change based on this information? Yes. Yes. And I love that parallel too, because I've, I've also noticed that too. Sometimes I'll say like, take, do a time log similar to a food journal, like literally take the time one day to write down exactly what you're doing at what time and noting where you're doing it. And again, it's, it's a without judgment type of thing, right? It's just, it's just data collection because then you take the power back to sort of see where you again have the choice to do things the same or make the changes and where can you make those changes. And so it's like one of those things where when somebody gets it, you're like, yay, <laughs> you got it. Exactly. Yeah. I think um, one of the, I don't know where I picked this up, but something I heard years ago that stuck with me, is when you know that you're in the habit of saying, I don't have time to exercise. I can't, you know, meal prep. There's just not enough hours in the day to replace that with, it's not a priority. And Mm -hmm. it's really uncomfortable. (laughs) It's, it makes you kind of confront yourself with where your priorities actually are. Cause it's easy to say, yeah, of course my health is a priority, but when you see where your time is going, kind of the, the um, lie detector <laughs> determines that's a lie. Um, and I think it's just such a powerful way to kind of take a step back and be like, oh, well, if my priorities are where my time is going, then it seems like social media is my priority. Um, and if that's your experience, like, yeah, sit with that discomfort for a second, but not from a place of guilt or shame, but instead from now that I'm aware of that, what do I want to do about it? And it can really help you be like, okay, I need to kind of put my money where my mouth is. I need to start acting in accordance with the things that I say are important to me. Yes, you're completely right with that. Because I feel like when you wreck it, that, that icky feeling is that like, you're not in alignment with what you said you would do. And that's the sort of like, discordance with, I, I want to be healthy. And yet all the choices that I'm making are very opposite to what what is wrong there. So it's that, I'm not in alignment with what I said. So one thing, either what I said needs to change or what I do needs to change. Yes. That's such a good one. I've had that conversation with a lot of clients before of, well, a common one where I see it is like with telling yourself morning after morning that you're going to wake up early and exercise. And after, you know, kind of a few weeks of attempts, we'll kind of have the conversation of like, okay, you continuing to say you're going to do this thing and then not doing it is just training you that you're somebody who doesn't follow through on your commitments. So either do you want to be committed to it and make it happen? Or do you want to just say, that's actually not something that I want to make a priority right now. Either way is fine, but you don't want to be in that contradiction because you're just kind of setting that precedent for yourself that "Eh, it doesn't really matter what I say because I don't have to do it anyway. Yes. It's a very good point that you have to like kind of face that. That actually brings me to another question that I had that I think a lot of people will be (laughs) thinking right now, which is how do you actually make yourself do it? So something I've I've picked up from your social media is that you are often exercising end of the day. You get all the kids to sleep and then it's kind of like, okay, now here's my opportunity to uh, to do my workout, to do something for myself. And I know a lot of women have the best intentions of doing something similar, or they'll carve out the time and say, okay, at at X time, I'm going to do it. And often don't end up following through. So what, like, how do you, how do you follow through? How do you get those things done? Because I'm sure at the end of the day, you would love to just kind of flop down on the couch in exhaustion and Mm -hmm. be done with it. So 
how do you make yourself show up even when it's really appealing not to? I feel like it really is. It comes down to the fact that I've committed it to myself. Um, and really, it, it's really easy. So I'll say, I'll, I'll give the example of in myself, I have small babies, they, they still wake up. So initially, my plan was, I'm going to wake up before the babies do. It's fine. It's 5am. I'm sure I'll be okay. And that didn't happen, right? I sleep one over. So I'll be perfectly honest in the sense that I made a plan. It didn't work. I was failing myself in terms of what I had committed to, and I had to change the plan. So as soon as I sort of adapted to sort of saying my new commitment is this, and this works better for my life because this is the only way that I'm going to make it work with what are my goals, right? What do I, what are my intentions? My intentions are that I want to feel good. I want to feel stronger. I, I really need to rehabilitate my, my core because that's my focus right now after babies, that it became sort of the action was part of my goals, right? So it's sort of, it's, a, it's partly commitment, partly saying that this is what I'm going to do and partly always linking up to what, what is the purpose of what I'm doing? Because I feel like when we lose sight of it, um, so I'll give like, I feel like sometimes there's some people who the goal is I want to lose, um, I don't know, something extreme that could be like, I, I want to lose 50 pounds by the end of this year. And that it feels like so far off that you can't even relate it to what you're doing today. So your today action always feels useless because today's action didn't make me lose 50 pounds, right? It's not a direct link. When I feel like it's more in the day, like the purpose of my workout today is I'm getting stronger each and every single day so that I'm reaching my goal. So I feel like connecting that, I feel like there's a purpose in everything that I do. It doesn't feel like a menial task that I just have to do. So it's just like if I, like I really hate doing dishes, but I know by doing it, then all the stuff is off my counter and my, my sink is clean. I see that immediate result. So the same thing with like getting a workout done, you need to kind of set up these little mini goals that gives it purposeful for why you're doing it that, that day or what the goal is that week. And usually in terms of how I'm feeling, yes, there are days where I'm just like, I really don't want to do anything. But I get myself dressed or I at least start exercising and I reevaluate and I reassess as I'm going because I am a believer that sometimes we do need rest. We do need to give us our bodies a break, but we don't always know until we start moving and we're getting all these signals from our body being like, ah, this isn't happening, right? I'm not too stressed out. My body just needs to rest. Maybe I need more gentle movement or stretching, or, or participating in some other activity. So that's usually how I convince myself to do something, to take steps in some direction so that I'm making progress, and I'm not just giving into that mental blockade of, of immediately assuming and thinking that my body really just needs to rest all the time. Those are so good. I think reconnecting to the purpose is such a game changer that a lot of times we're just kind of going through the motions. We have, you know, I said I was going to work out four times this week. I said one day was going to be Tuesday, so I have to work out. And when you think about it, like you mentioned earlier, how much your thoughts matter and your attitude towards things matters. If you're just looking at your workout as I need to check this box, I need to get it done. It's so much harder to make yourself follow through than if you're thinking of it in terms of, I have this goal of X and it's really important to me. And this workout is going to help me be strong, be healthy and get me, you know, one, one step closer to that goal. It's a lot easier to show up even when you don't feel like it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You just, you need to have like a, a purpose and a goal for each single session or else it just feels like you said, it's just like a task to do. And, and most of the time we create like a big to do over them. So we don't ac accomplish them. 
I love yeah. your your quote, today's action didn't make you lose 50 pounds. I think that's, <laughs> that really encompasses so much of the struggle is that delaying, you know, putting in the work now to get the reward later is a really hard thing to do. And if, like you said, kind of breaking it down into those smaller goals where you realize I'm working towards something that feels within reach and it does feel like this individual workout is, a, you know, a player in that. I think that's that's a great realization to to realize that there may be a disconnect that you feel like you're working towards something that's just so far out and bring your bring your focus a little bit closer in. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like I, I've worked with a lot of um, core and public floor clients one on one, and sometimes by if I find the disconnect is sometimes if there's no connection between what they're doing and what they want and their goal, and that disconnect immediately leads to people going, "Well, I didn't really have time for that, or I didn't make it a priority," because there's no there's no connection there. So why am I going to do this little like literally five minutes of work a day? when I don't know how it's going to actually benefit me. Or right, all right. Whereas you're like, thinking instead, like, well, I don't want to pee when I jump. So <laughs> let me take this five minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're like, this could be for the rest of my life. Okay, so maybe I should. <laughs> I love that. And exactly what you said about, you know, kind of sometimes the, the answer is to scale back or to take a rest day. That's so true. And I think it's it's hard to do, especially when you've spent a long time kind of ignoring what your body is telling you. And that can go both ways. You can, you know, if you're not in the habit of exercising, it's very easy to, um, to continue in that road. And if you're in the habit of exercising, no matter what, it's very easy to think everything is an excuse and you just being lazy. And it really does take time to learn the difference and to, to be able to call yourself out when you know you're making excuses, but also give yourself the, the grace that you need when the answer is, this is not what I need to be doing today. Yes. And I think that's a good point in terms of like really talking about getting to know your, your own body. Cause you're right. It's, it's one or the other. Like we, we don't even understand the own signals that our, our body's giving to us at this point anymore, because we're so subscribed to being a specific way for no reason at all. You just have to do this when really we don't have to do anything, but we, we should be listening to the voice, the, the, what our body is telling us at any given point of the day and learning to respect and understand the decision that our body is giving us. <laughs> I think your your tip to kind of just get started is such a good one. That's something when I first started going to the gym, I would drive almost 30 minutes to the YMCA after school. And in the winter, it was like brutally cold out and my clothes had been sitting in the car all day. And like the last thing I wanted to do was get out in the cold and go into the gym and work out. And I would play this game with myself where I would kind of set the next step was like, okay, just do this. And then you can turn around and go home. It was like, just walk in, scan your card. You can turn around and leave. Once you're, you know, once I did that, I'm like, okay, just go into the locker room and put your clothes on and then you can leave. And I'd say 99% of the time I would end up doing the workout Mm -hmm. on the odd day. I would, I would do that. I would get into the clothes. I would do, you know, the first five minutes and be like, nope, it's just not happening. And I think really the only way to learn is to put yourself in that position and to actually pay attention. Is this just, you know, procrastination? Is this just kind of general fatigue because it's been all day and I'm, I'm tired? Or is it actually my body saying, you do not need intense exercise right now. Go, go to sleep. Yeah. 
Yeah. And eventually over time, we start to like read it a lot better, right? Let's, if we're just, we're just gathering data and you cannot gather data if you don't actually go and do it and experience that. Like what you said, like 1% of the time when you actually were like, it's not happening. You collected that information in terms of like, what was your signal to say it's not happening? Like what was that whole process? What happened during that day? And we, we don't know until we try. Exactly. Yes. Everything comes back to collect data, <laughs> review it, see what you can learn from it and see what you want to do from there. Exactly. <laughs> So how about something that comes up a lot is feelings of guilt about maybe taking time away from family or kids or, you know, any other kind of responsibility in order to do something for yourself. So what advice do you have for a mom who just feels like, oh, just like tugs at my heartstrings when my daughter wants to play and I tell her, no, I have to work out. Or if the family wants to go out to eat and I say, no, I already made dinner. Like, how do you, how do you help someone get more comfortable kind of setting personal boundaries like that? I just say, like, I experienced that with my kids because there's, there's four of them who need my attention at any given time. So there's, um, we all experience a little bit of, of guilt, I would say, in terms of anything to do with our kids. I feel like we always experience guilt, whether it's time or how much attention we give someone or the, the opportunities that we give children. There will always be, be guilt, but we need to sort of reevaluate and understand what are the, what are the needs that we are trying to fill and how can they be filled in, in many other ways. So for example, my oldest is five, so she can actually ask for attention. So if I'm in the process, if I'm, if I have to do work, so, so for instance, recording this podcast, there's nothing that I can necessarily do in this case. So one of the options I could, I could give her options because she's also in control of her own decisions is can she play beside me as I'm recording this podcast? Um, she's not actually here today, so we don't have the problem, but, <laughs> but there's <laughs> options I could give her. I could tell her after I'm done this, I have a pocket of time. Can we use that time? So it's with a child who can speak to us, a spouse who can communicate with us. We can offer alternatives in terms of how we can spend that time. Because I always like to think about dedicating time to yourself is, is just like going to work. It's something that, that needs to be done. You need to mm-hmm. fill up your cup. If you're not, like you said, like if you're not recharging your battery, you're going to burn out. So what is best to give your child, perhaps, uh, or, or your significant other? Is it best to give them someone who's tired, exhausted, and can do nothing during that time together? Or is it better to put off some time and then that time that you spend together, maybe even it's less time, but it's actually better quality time. So it's not so much the quantity of time that you're that you're giving to everybody else, but it's the quality of who you are as a person. Because I can guarantee the person who's not doing anything for themselves isn't a happy person, isn't a person who's productive and enthusiastic. Like think about the end of the day when your kids are asking for you and you're like, I just want to sit on the couch. Do you want to be that person? Do you want to show up differently for your children? Well, in which case, maybe spending, like, let's say you have an hour with your kids, let's do 15 minutes of by yourself um, reading if you want to, or listening to part of a podcast or something, and then spending 45 minutes where you're actually present with your children. So reframing sort of the idea of how you spend that time is, is quality versus how much time is actually spent with them. Chances are the kids are going to remember and your spouse is going to remember that quality of time and that experience of time with you versus how much you actually spent with them. That is such a good way of looking at it. That's such excellent advice. I was, I read something recently about 
I think we we hear a lot about how, you know, your kids seeing you exercise and eat nutritiously is setting such a good example for them. But I was reading recently how sticking to your boundaries and protecting your time and taking care of yourself is also a really good example to set that, you know, when you have, you know, when, when you, when your daughters grow up, you want them to feel confident saying, I'm going to do this for me. This is my time. You want your sons to, you know, respect their spouse's boundaries as well. And I think that's, that's another way to reframe it as, you know, you're, you're setting the example that, you know, mom's important too. Mom deserves to have time for herself, just like each of you do. And, um, and that's a lesson that they'll, they'll really benefit from. Yeah. And I think that expanse is sort of being that, like, that people pleasing that, that a lot of people will identify with that we're always doing something for somebody else do we really want our kids doing that too as they grow up because that's the lesson we're teaching when we're sort of saying me as mom is doing everything for everybody else and has no time for herself but I want my kids to understand like like you said boundaries are boundaries are a good thing boundaries allow us to say what's okay for me and what's not okay for me and knowing that other people can respect that and there's no difference in terms of how your relationship actually is boundaries make a really healthy relationship because then you have very clear what somebody likes what somebody doesn't like and being able to navigate those things much more easily that is so good oh my goodness you've just been such a delight this has been full of incredible advice before we wrap up tell our listeners where they can find you on social media yeah instagram is where i'm most active so i am at I am Vanessa Dugan. <laughs> you had to spell that all out. Um, that's usually where I'm most active. So I'm I'm offering tips in terms of like time management, my core work. There's a lot of stuff in terms of just general life and motherhood and how to navigate all the trials and tribulations that come with it and come out not a burnt out mother. <laughs> I love that. Like I said, you're one of my favorite followers, and I think you're I our clients tend to be pretty similar to us in that we're, you know, pretty, pretty laid back, pretty relatable um, to one another. And I think that's what really stands out to me about your content is that you're not, you know, trying to sugarcoat that everything is all sunshine and rainbows, that you're constantly, you know, put together and making these, you know, fresh organic meals. (laughs) You're a real person and you're sharing what it's actually like. And it's so relatable and you do it in such a way that people are able to, learn from you because they're not feeling like you're up on a pedestal. They're like, Oh, she seems like me. She seems like a real person and she's figuring it out. So maybe I can too. And I think that's so inspiring. That's awesome. Thank you for that. (laughs) I can be super honest. So people can really see like, Oh, she's not always put together and that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) As someone who hasn't put on real pants in months, I I really appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for being here, Vanessa. And um, I look forward to having you back in the future. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to the Live Diet Free podcast. I'd love if you joined my free Facebook group. It's got the same name, Live Diet Free. You can go to facebook.com slash groups slash live diet free and you'll find about four years worth of trainings, resources, recipes, workouts. And I also do weekly accountability threads and more. 